0: The business Hour with Cyril on OFM.
1: You're listening to OFM, the sound of your life, and a good evening and welcome to the show. Just in time for our read of the week, looking at inside the belly of the beast, and we are speaking to Melinda Ferguson, the publisher. Of the book. This is part two. Last week we already spoke to her. We found out how it's going with Mr. Greasy's health, and also looked into the phenomenal read itself and the bravery that it took to uh, write the book so openly and honestly. So, to listen back to that, you're welcome to go to the blog. But continuing our discussion right now, right here on OFM, the sound of your life. Can you maybe share more about how this book tells us about the language of corruption? You know, words like the deal, as well as sort him out and also how transactions were carried out.
0: Well, I mean, the book, I think, is littered with the language of, of corruption. Um, you know, the, 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 as you're asking me now, I'm kind of going a blank on all the words, even times the book. But I think that what, what kind of really gets you to the heart of the corruption is the use of QR codes, actually which is really visual language used in the book. Um, you know, if people don't understand what a QR code is, it's basically a link to a website where you can actually see things like Gavin counting the money in the safe, Gavin shouting at some poor person at a disaster conference at a Bosporat. Um, you know, there, there, there are a whole lot of visual cues in the in the book that take you into the world beyond the page. I think that I think we haven't spoken about that enough. I know when I speak about the book um, to press, the QR codes have proved to be incredibly informative for people, and people have absolutely loved kind of doing almost this documentary ch- a journey through the book. But I think that seeing you know one of the one of the chapters that sticks out for me is where Angelo talks about this little black book. Where everyone's got a code name, you know, and, and, there are a whole lot of code names and they are also attached to the code names for the people who are, who are getting the, um, the payoffs and whether it's Lyndon T or whoever. There's the place. So they've got codes for where they're going to drop it off and then little kind of visual cues on what the person looks like. So they've got this intricate system of corruption it's It's fascinating to me that that people would go to these lengths to try and remember and keep track of who was bribing who and what this person was getting when they were getting it, where they were getting it i mean it's it's unbelievable in many ways.
1: This book also shows us uh, the patterns of corruption and now um the deal is carried out like you said you know um in your opinion, do you think this is still the case? Do you think these corrupt individuals still operate in the same ways after the book
0: you know. I think that a lot of people are scared at the moment, and I'm talking about people in power. Um, I think this book has literally thrown open uh, the can, kind of opened the can of worms on it. I think people are probably not just going about business as usual in the corruption world. Although who knows? Maybe they are. If I was someone who was who had been doing that, I would be being very nervous. But you know, I don't think it's just Bissaso that's been doing has been doing this kind of legacy of corruption in the country. I think quite a quite a number of private enterprises in South Africa have been conducting business like this for many years. So I'm not aware of other people at this very point doing the exact same thing as they were before the book, but I would imagine that people are quite nervous to be caught because this book has... Named many people. And um, I must tell you that Angelo is busy working on his second book, which he promises is even more explosive than this one.
1: Wow. All right. So I think also another thing, the biggest question relating to corruption for everybody in the country um, you know is will we ever see the relevant parties in jail? What what is your take on this?
0: You know, for a long time I've been thinking, I'm sure it's going to happen now. I mean, surely it must. And then people just carry on. Going about, getting out of things, accusing themselves, or saying they've got COVID, or saying whatever, not pitching up to Zander. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a little worried about whether this, with whether any of the big fish, as they call them, are going to be called to book. I mean, I was quite excited when Ace Shula was served with a warrant of arrest. I thought, ooh, uh-uh, things are happening. But now it's just like you wonder if people are actually going to stand in court, be arrested, put in prison for any of these things. But I do think that if we don't have books like this and the other books that have been enormously important in exposing corruption, from the Gupta leaks to um, all the state capture books, uh, I, I just think we would have been a lot more ignorant as a nation and maybe... As we keep going, we'll look back in history and say, "Aha, this book or you know or that book or all of these books have helped actually finally get people to to be served with justice."
1: Melinda Ferguson, the publisher of the book Inside the Belly of the Beast, right here on The the Business Hour with me, Cyril Flun. And this was our read of the week. Last week, we had part one. If you would like to go and listen back to that one, or if you just tuned in in the middle of this conversation, you can always listen back on the business blog on OFM.co.za. The Business Hour with Cyril Flun on OFM.